Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast presents Stories from the Cabin, a storytelling podcast within a podcast, featuring tales from the countries and cultures whose people make up the diverse region we know as Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobbick. Hey folks, welcome to this month's episode of Stories from the Cabin. As promised, I have a traditional tale from Owen Staten that he told me at the end of the interview that y'all hopefully heard at the beginning of this month. As I went on and on and on about, this is one of my favorite stories. I told him so during the interview, and he was kind enough to give me a private performance of that at the end of the conversation. I know I said it quite a bit on the Appalachian Folklore podcast at the beginning of the month, how grateful I was to have Owen on to talk, to converse about folklore, about storytelling, about his life and his experience with theater, storytelling, and Bigfoot. All of Owen's links are in the show notes for this episode, as well as the last AFP episode. Please check out everything he's ever done. Listen to it. Enjoy yourself and you'll find yourself in a better mindset afterwards. But I want to get right into it. I don't want to hold you guys up anymore. Here is a tale traditionally told by Owen Staten. Find yourself in a nice, comfortable spot, relax, and let that man's wonderful voice take you to the fire pit in the heart of the forest. Now here in Wales, we are far away, far away from where you are but we might as well be in the same room. We tell our tales at the time between times. Now you might know what that is and you might not, but what it is is the time when it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. The time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments and just a few moments, you can reach into their realm and they can reach into ours. Now is the time that people see ghosts. Now is the time that people see fairies. Now is the time that people see Bigfoot. Now is the time between times. So let me take you back to 200 years ago, this very night, in a small town called Astragunlais. Now that's hard to say. Now Astragunlais is a small town in the Swansea Valley. Swansea Valley a place so dark they say the sun only shines there for an hour a day, and that at the height of midsummer. The sides of the valley raise up like great cliff faces, and from those are trees which look like hooked claws. And two hundred years ago this very night, two men sat in the new inn in Astragunlais with murder on their mind. Now the new inn was never new, even when it was new, the roof was full of holes and the fire barely lit. But on that night, Iago and Gronwy, two brothers, sat there, nursing their beer and their black hearts beating loudly. Iago was tall and thin, with long hair that hung to his shoulder. He always wore a tricorn hat, and he talked in a voice like this. Gronoi was his brother. He was big and fat with a great big black beard. And he always talked in a voice like this. Now on this night, all those years ago, they sat there and Yago turned to Gronoi and said, All right then, brother, let me tell you something. 
This valley is dark, proper dark, you know that. But as you make your way up the top, there's a place called Penwist. Now, Penwist has this old oak tree that hangs over the road, right? Now, on this night, this night of all nights, a coach makes its way up from the Swansea Valley to Brecon to pay the soldiers who are there. A coach so full of gold that if you open the door, the gold would run out like a river. There's nobody guarding it. It'll just make its way from the sea to the mountains. But you've got a blunderbuss gun. And all we have to do is pull that coach over with the old stand and deliver. And you and me can be the richest men Wales has ever seen. What do you mean? Who told you this? A shepherd told me. Now, if you get this wrong, this will be the last job we ever do together, right? I know, but I won't get it wrong. Come on, let's go. They finished their drinks. They moved outside the new inn, and there outside was their cart, pulled by a black mare called Shadow. She was so thin you could see her ribs. Yago and Gronui climbed on the cart and made their way up the winding ways of the Swansea Valley, leaving the town of Astrogunlice behind, past the village of Abercrave, until they came to Penwilt. It was so dark could barely see your hand in front of your face. You go and have a sleep over there. I'll climb up the oak. When I see the lights of the coach, I'll call with the sound of an owl, right like this. Ooh, 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 ooh. When you hear that noise, up you get, jump in front of the coach, give it the old stand and deliver, and me and you will be out of here before you know it. All right, but don't you let me down, okay? Yago scampered up the tree. He could feel the dark oak against his chest as he started to relax and the sun started to set. The time between times came to pass, the time of tales traditionally told. Far away he could hear the church bells ringing as his head started to nod. But then he saw it, the lights of the coach making its way up the valley. He turned, was about to call to Gronui when he saw another light, then another, then ten lights, fifteen lights. And these lights were not high like the lights of a coach, or no, these lights were low down on the ground. And Iago saw something that made his black heart want to beat out of his chest. For each of these lights was carried by one of the Tulwith Teg. Now the Tulwith Teg... They're not the fairies we know today, or oh no. Some of them were crunched, hooked-back beings that shuffled and waltzed their way up. Others were beautiful things with flowers in their hair, and each of them carried a gold coin in one hand and a shining light in the other. Yago's eyes were drawn to the gold as the Tawidig danced and pranced under the tree until they came to a cave. They cupped their hands over their, over their mouth and said, Gathuch! before disappearing into the cave and appearing moments later without the gold coins. <gasps> Look, the Talwith Teg, they're hiding their coins in that cave. Ho, 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 fairy gold down by there. I know, I know the password as well. It's Gathuch, Gathuch. Yago watched as the Talwith Teg disappeared and vanished into the forest. Then, summoning all his courage, he shuffled down the tree, straightened his hat, and went to wake his... 
Why do I have to wake him? Listen, he's snoring like a pig over there. I could be in that cave. I could be gone from there without him knowing anything about it. Let's leave him there, shall we? Let's go and have a look. Yago peered into the cave. Oh, it's dark in there. What was the password? Oh, yeah. Gato! Gato! He ducked inside and vanished. He made his way down and to the left, back into the right, over stalagmites, under stalactites, or is it the other way around? I can never remember. And carried on going deeper and deeper into the earth. He went down deeper until he felt like he would come out on the other side of the world. When suddenly he appeared in a room very much like the room you were sat in right now. But all the way around its walls were great iron hooks, and from those hooks hung sacks, and from those sacks ran rivers of gold. Ho, ho, ho! Look at this! Yago waded into the gold, started to fill his pockets, fill his coat, fill under his hat. I'm going to be the richest man Wales has ever known! Look at this! I can't believe it! I... Then Yago saw something he did not expect. What he thought was just a pile of detritus in the corner of the room started to move. What he thought was just a pile of rags started to shuffle and then suddenly stood up. And the rags fell away, revealing the skull of a horse. A horse with glowing green eyes. And at that moment, that very moment, two hundred years ago, that very night, Iago knew he was doomed for he was looking into the eyes of the Mariloid, the queen of the fairies, the first horse that winter killed, folklore, the queen of folklore, the Mariloid. She opened her mouth and spoke in a voice as old as the mountains and as capricious as the sea. Why have you... Come here. Oh, 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 Vary, oh, Vary, I never believed you were real, but you are as real as night is at today. Oh, Vary Lloyd, please, please let me go. Yago started to un take the coins out of his pocket under his hat, put them on the floor. He started to unload everything he had taken. Oh, please let me go, Mary, please let me go. I will not let you go. For you have come to take from me. I've not come to take from you. Look, I know the password. The password is Gatloch. Gatloch. That's the password to come in. But do you know the password to leave? <gasps> you mean there's a password to get out? Yes. <gasps> oh, Vary Lloyd, I beg you, please let me go. Let me go, Vary Lloyd, please let me go. Or this of all nights, you have found me in a good mood. Leave everything behind, but know this, that the next person who comes to my lair is mine, and their soul will be mine forevermore. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. And with that, Yago was gone. He made his way up and to the left, back and to the right, over stalagmites and under stalactites, or the other way around, until he burst out into the into the valley above Swansea Port and started to run and run and run, the branches pulling at his face, and he would have run all the way to the sea. But a figure stood in front of him, a figure 
with a gun. <laughs> Where do you think you're going, brother? Oh, Grono, Grono, we got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to leave. I tell you, we got... You told me there was a coach. I've been sleeping. You've robbed our coach, haven't you? I haven't robbed the coach. But then fate, as it often does, intervened. Iago lifted his hands above his head, and a single gold coin fell on the floor with a clink. Well, if you haven't robbed the coach, what's that? All right, brother. All right, yeah. I did rob the coach when you were sleeping in the cave, and I put it all in that cave over there. But there's a password, okay? The password is Gathloch. Gathloch. You call Gathloch by the door, make your way down and to the left, back and to the right, until you come to a big room full of gold, and you can have whatever you want. Now you go. And with that, Yago was gone. Never seen in the Swansea Valley ever again. Grono made his way to the cave entrance and looked inside. <gasps> it's dark in there, isn't it? He stepped inside and vanished. He was never seen again. Many years later, an opera singer with a voice of an angel called Adelina Patti made her way to the Swansea Valley to build a castle that would stretch to the sky. She wanted to call it Craigenos, the Night Rock. But as they dug deeper and deeper into the ground around Penwilt, they found that room, with all the hooks. There was no gold coin. But hanging from the hook in the centre of the room was a human skull. One of the builders took it and placed it in a bag and placed it under his bed, but that night as he slept the skull started to scream and scream. So he took it out, he put it in a bag on the back of his horse and rode all the way to Swansea until he came to the museum with the great Greek facade and he hammered on the door. They took the skull to the deepest room in the darkest place and they hid it in a safe. But every night it screamed until eventually they put it on a boat and rowed it out to sea and dropped it in the ocean. And only then was it quiet. But even now, on nights like tonight, at the time between times, the time it is neither night nor day, but the sun is gone and the sky is grey. If you listen to the ground, in Penwilt in the Swansea Valley, you will hear the cries of a man, calling, Gathluch! Gathluch! And that, my friends, told by me, Owen Staten, here at the time between times, is the tale of the robbers of Penwilt. Thank you very much for listening. Diochem Auram Grando. Nosta. Good night. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for spending your time with me here at the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. If you'd be so kind as to rate and review this show on whatever platform you use, I'd be much obliged as it helps spread the word. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and visit my website, shows.acast.com slash AFP. You can find me at appfolklorepod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on Mastodon at appfolklorepod at thefolklore.cafe. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the AFP cover art. You can find his work on Instagram at inkwellgraphicdesign. 
Thanks again for listening.